Hey guys, <laughs> welcome to the Moms Talk Autism podcast. Um, today we are going to talk about something that has been on our hearts. We've been considering it for a little while now, and um, we're going to talk about how they, in quotation marks, uh, said it would get easier. Hang on. When you become a mom, you never imagine your child getting an autism diagnosis. It feels like your dreams have shattered, like a framed photograph falling off your mantle, exploding into a thousand pieces. But instead of trying to glue those pieces back together, this community of moms is here to help you build a new dream, a better one. So join in the conversation as us moms talk autism. All right. What everybody doesn't see are all of the shenanigans happening behind the scenes of this podcast. And Dude, we're I'm really just trying to keep today. my life Sorry, can we just Can we just get it together? No. Yeah, I love I it. I think it's a theme of our podcast. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't Every do time. a peak of the week. We should do a hot mess, hot mess express. We are a hot mess. No, mm-hmm. that could be today. Mm-hmm. We could do that today. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and are we going to explain all the ways that we're hot messes? Just like, one at a time. We, got, we don't want to scare anyone. Hot masses. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna break. We're gonna we're gonna circle back here. We're gonna circle back here. Um, and one thing that we've sort of talked about before is how. And your name is. My name oh, is Shannon. Shannon Corza here, sitting here with you. I am joined by Natasha. <laughs> yeah. Hi. <laughs> Brittany. Hello. I'm I'm here. I'm here. I'm present. I'm awake. It's all, I, all you can ask of me right now. And Jean. Jean is here. Jean this is, is here. Roll call I'm, when you have a substitute. I'm, hey, ha, can I can here. I also get a little pat on the back for not being delayed uh with my reaction? And I was the one prompting for us to that. <laughs> you just come on. You're star. with it. Come on. This uh-huh. is, I'm patting you. Come on. But mm-hmm. you're not here, so I'm patting me. Thanks. Um, mm-hmm. So, <laughs> and it's gone. Okay, so today we are going to talk about how they said it would get easier and how at the beginning of this journey, and I won't, I will only speak for myself because I am not any of you. Um, you know, Gracie got diagnosed right before she turned two. Um, she was diagnosed, I believe, in March, and she turns two in June. So right before she turned two, and I feel like maybe nobody told me this. Maybe I just assumed like with all of the therapy that we were getting into and the, you know, the um, words are hard today, you guys, Mm -hmm. early intervention and all of that. I guess I felt like, okay, well, we're going to do these things and then it's not going to be an issue anymore. Like we're going to do these things and she's going to get older and through her getting older, she's going to have more experience. And then because of all of those things, it's going to get easier over time. Um, And not only that, we have been told like it gets Mm -hmm. easier, it gets easier. And we're here to tell you it doesn't get easier. (laughs) 
<laughs> and cut, cut. That's the end of the episode. Lies. Just so you know, it's all lies. They're lying to you, and it does make I, it easier. You what, Tosh? I, I was just gonna say, I think, I think some of it, um, and and yes, I guess maybe this is just for me. I don't know how you girls feel about this, but you know, when when we were going down the road of okay, you know, what is this? Jack's like, you know, delayed, you know, but not really having any idea. We were brand new parents yeah. um, and not and not having any firsthand experience with, um, you know, children on the spectrum. So just just that in, in and of itself, you know, it was kind of one of those things where where I think we we all a, a little bit are under that illusion, like oh, you know, we're we're going to do these therapies and we're going to do this and that, and they're going to grow and change, and and with the therapies, it's going to get easier. Mm-hmm. I think that's even people that are maybe listening right now that are sitting in that, you know, mm-hmm. um, because that's kind of the way the the world around us, right? If you if you don't know. And maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's our education of, you know, sharing with the world of our experience with our children, you know, and, and not to have it be doom and gloom, but but to have it be like, look, let's let's educate the masses so that they understand that this, you know, autism, the spectrum, this, you know, whatever you want to say is is not just this little unicorn, you know, that people don't know about, that that mm-hmm. we are more educated around it. So I don't know how I'm trying to say this, Brittany. Well, <laughs> and I think too, like, looking at me, guys. You know, like, yeah, I know what you well, mean. Yes, I think you're doing I a think, good job. I think too, like, we have considered doing this episode before, but we have not recorded it yet because we have worried that it would be a bummer of an episode, and we it would be never, discouraging. And we yeah, don't want to discourage people. We don't people. want to discourage you, but then at the same time. We don't want to continue the narrative that everything will just get easier, that all of a sudden things will just not be hard anymore, because then you're in this right. constant expectation of searching for the easy. And right. like, yeah. at what point, yeah. you know, do you realize that this life is going to be a challenge and right. it may not be that same challenge. It may be, you know, a journey of multiple challenges. Um but that's one of the reasons why we decided to do the episode anyway. This is so, so complicated because. Yes. Multi. Yes. There's so many different angles to take it. And I, I don't know. We can't talk about all of it. So hopefully we'll talk about the the ones that are going to resonate with our audience the most. You who is listening. Thank you for listening um, <laughs> to all of us um, ramble here. But um, I just. There, there is a grain of truth to it gets easier because some things are easier. Mm-hmm. They are. Um, and- just, just thinking off the top of my head, Austin does not immediately bolt in any direction that is away from me when he is when he jumps out of a vehicle or if he is out of my arms, as he did when he was two, three, four, five years old. It was a constant chase game, like of of sprints. I, I wore mm-hmm. tennis shoes for years, mm-hmm. <laughs> just because. So I could I would be ready to literally sprint after him at any possible given moment, and and there's no like rhyme or reason to it. Um, mm-hmm. He would just go. He does not do that anymore. That is easier, right? Yeah, that thing is easier. Now, and, uh, oh, yeah. Go ahead, Tosh. 
I was just going to say, and that's not to say that you, the listeners, that may not be the case for you. No. You know, you 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 may have a sprinter for forever, forever. You know, um, yeah, yeah. But at yeah. the same time, yes, there have been other things that have changed. Yes, that are harder than they were when he was four. Mm-hmm. So, like. It, it really is a culmination of the whole picture and mm-hmm. it's very individualized, right? As very. to what is easier and what is not. And when you step back and you look at the grand scheme of your child or Austin or just your life, not even just focusing on your child, but just everything, you add in age and, you know, whatever. Um, it doesn't, it, it's not easier. It's just different. And we've mm-hmm. talked about that before. Like mm-hmm. the only constant is change, right? But um, I would say there there are some aspects that are easier now. We've been doing this for 16 years with Austin. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of things that really, really aren't. And um, in many ways, things are harder now than they were when he was younger. Um, right. And that's the part where, yeah, I think we were all a little deceived. Call that, you know, early parental ignorance on our mm-hmm. part not even the neurodivergence side of it, just even, right. even my other just adult parenting, children. Period. Yeah. Just parenting mm-hmm. in general, full stop. Like it's not easier. It's just, it's a new different. hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's mm-hmm. just a new hard. And I just, it, it really it keeps back changing. To- <laughs> it's exhausting. <laughs> well, and I think it relates back to um, like, you know, when you have your first child and this may not resonate with all of you, but like, I have Maya, like you have your first child and then you have to put them in daycare because I had to work and I'm paying $700 a month for daycare. Right. And everybody's like, mm. oh, it's okay. Like it gets less, less expensive. They're going to get into kindergarten. And then mm. but nice. it never nice. actually gets mm. less expensive because then they just find mm-hmm. more things to be a part of. Right. It's sort of like that just on a different level on like an right. emotional <laughs> heavy level non and also financially really because there is a huge financial aspect to the lives that we live um but it's it's that sort of thing and i do i talk all the time about gracie and her cycles like it'll feel like oh my gosh things are going so well and then we circle back and there's something that hits and then it goes well Mm -hmm. and then it circles Mm -hmm. back um and those those hard moments are just different types of hard. They're different challenges where, you know, Gracie for the first year and a half of her life just didn't sleep. Well, Gracie's a great sleeper right now. So mm-hmm. no, that's not the hard anymore. But now we have other challenges, you know, that that we're working on. And I just don't think, you know, we've been in it since she's almost eight, right? So it's almost been six years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I just... I've, again, I feel like it kind of goes back to the, you know, to the, the whole concept of, of if you, if you're not educated in this realm, you know, if you have no idea, if you're walking into this blind, you have no idea what autism is, what this world is even about, you know, that is the picture that is painted, you know, unfortunately still. Um, and, and not just by, you know, doctors and therapists, et cetera. It's, it's even by other, you know, parents to autistic children. Um, and yes, Jean. So I guess I get one, I, I, uh, I think 
one way to capture where the, the, this whole dynamic and this understanding of hard versus easy and getting harder. I, it, it's kind of goes back to this being the marathon that we're on Mm -hmm. and that this is like endurance training. And so it's us getting better at handling the load that we're given. And so in that capacity, it feels, it can feel easier because we can handle it better. But we are then presented with things that are harder than what they were when they were younger, mm-hmm. potentially. Mm-hmm. And it's because of the natural progression of the lifespan, too, that there's just new demands, there's new expectations, there's the there's the physiological aspect of maturation. And I think on some levels that that maturation can be perceived as, oh, that's going to make it easier. That there might be this autonomy that happens for some of our kids on the spectrum, but there is that autonomy that doesn't happen, Mm -hmm. you know, for, for certain kids on on the spectrum. And I think that's what we, we also wanted to talk about and highlight because it's not saying that that's going to be the trajectory for, for you. Um, but it is a possibility. It's sort of like, you know, it kind of reminds me of the conversations around when, and I don't know if you guys had these conversations about, you know, what's your birth plan, (laughs) you know, and, and people had all these, you know, people would get fixed ideas about this is the way I want to deliver. This is going to be my birth plan. Right. For me, I was keeping in mind all of the potential caveats that could, you know, the things that could happen during labor, right? Mm -hmm. All but one. And that was precipitous. I didn't think that that was in the arena. And then boom, my hair, I was, I was having precipitous birth, but I was basically kind of mentally preparing myself for all different scenarios that Mm -hmm. could happen where, and I, and I felt like that was a healthy, you know, range of things to do. So I think, Mm -hmm. but generally speaking, that's not common. Right. But right. Right. I'm thinking to my birth story and it was like, nope, I'm doing it this way. I'm doing it this way. I'm doing it this way. And then it was shut down like immediately, you know? And I, I think that that's what we want to offer here inside of this episode. And that as the, is not, again, we we're not going the discouraging route. We want to, you to understand the different range of possibilities um, that you're going to encounter and we shouldn't be. And I think what really kind of tipped us off in wanting to have and conduct this conversation, have this episode was that people have been saying, it'll get easier. Don't worry about it. And, or telling parents that when their kids seeing a newly diagnosed family mm-hmm. with a, you know, two, three, four, five-year-old going, oh, don't worry, it's going to get easier. Oh, don't worry, he's going to talk. Oh, don't worry, that's mm-hmm. going to happen. We, that is why that has good intention. I'm sure it has good intention and you're trying to make that other parent feel good and give them dose of optimism. You shouldn't tell parents that. Mm-hmm. You stop, shouldn't. Stop doing that. Please stop. Please yeah. stop doing that. Please, please, please stop doing that. And 
And if anyone, you hear someone saying that, be like, that's really, that can be hurtful because Mm -hmm. then you're going, what happens is, and I know that I felt like I experienced this on some level, that parent is going through grief as is, and you may not see it. You don't know that they're grief stricken, especially if, you know, maybe you're a person that offered that advice because you saw another family that it did get easier for, right? But you don't realize if you've never been a parent in that, in those shoes, that parent is going through a hyper arousal state of like processing grief. Mm -hmm. And what's going to happen is they're going to reach a certain milestone or a certain, you know, placement on this journey. And it's going to, they're going to spiral with more grief because they're like, well, my kid isn't talking or my kid isn't potty trained yet, or my kid isn't doing X, Y, and Z, or he's not on he's not performing a certain way educationally or whatever it is, or they're not able to go, you know, do certain things or experience certain things as a family that they're going to feel, they're going to feel like they're, they're going to feel more discouraged and they're going to be grief grief stricken. That's really not, it's really not helpful. It's just not, it's just not helpful. Maybe well-intended, but just not helpful. And I think, you know, one of the biggest problems is just the climate of, like, this day and age, right? Like, everything's so social and we see everything is constantly in your face, you know, at at your your fingertips, you know. And and though social media is a great thing, it can be a great thing, it also can be very harmful. I mean, I could mm-hmm. – obviously, I'm not going to, right. but I could name five accounts right now that, you know, that um, – that share very boldly like that. And although my heart is like extremely happy that, you know, that their child is doing so good and all of that, you know, and, and I, and we should all share the, the, you know, the triumphs. Um, it also, again, it can be, you know, very harmful and it can be harmful like twofold in the sense of like almost cure culture. One yeah. It's, it. Yeah, and then the other side of it being like, look, it, your kid's going to be just fine too, and all of our kids are right. going to be quote unquote fine in the sense of they're right. living, they're breathing. We're going to do our best for them, but you know, just like you said, you're you you might do all the speech therapy in the world, and and your child is never going to be verbal, you know, um, right? Or or. Their language is going to mater- could be materialized in different ways, and so it's you know it or it may just be moving at a, a much slower pace than how others people develop their language. And I, I'm going to say I'm going to say language because language, yes, we, like, yes, we're being you know we all of our kids have different you know spectrum of, of ways of, of communication what, yeah. Of, yeah ways of communication and, and we want that would be say to to be open to that because you know again i think i mentioned on a previous episode one time i you know i sat in a um uh like a parent group when we had registered rory into this specialized school and they were they were already preparing us for you need to are you need to accept that your kid may never talk and I was like, whoa, that's not even the right messaging either. You know, so mm-hmm. the scale goes both ways, but I wanted to draw attention because you pointed out something that's really important. I think it's important for us to point out since we also, you know, we have social media pages individually as well as our community page. 
you know, there's only so much that can be illustrated or portrayed through social media. And it's basically really binary. It's two-dimensional. It's hard. Mm-hmm. You can't give it that three-dimensional um, aspect. I think I think we do our best to deliver authenticity. There's also the, you know, so just for, you know, all of our community out there, you know, just to know, to keep that in mind, even when you're, you're experiencing us in that way, even in this way, um, this is just one dimension. And is that it's also, there's a lot of inspiration porn out there that also can be very disheartening and discouraging. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's when you see these like, awesome things that all of these other autistic kids are able to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of, there can be exploitation mm-hmm. of those kinds of mm-hmm. things in that way. And I think we really try to, or we're very mindful of that. I don't even say we try. I think we actually are very intentional about not coming off that way too. Mm-hmm you know, we definitely, and that's part of the reason why we wanted to have this conversation is that is, is one ask one Avenue, one pathway of actually delivering on that intention of being authentic and saying like, y'all, like it doesn't, it's not, it's not easier. You know, we just, I feel like we just had a whole year of like trial and error about medications and trying to get Rory's Re- recalibrated, you know, finding a new equilibrium because physiologically he was changing and we, I wasn't sleeping, you know, we were having behavior, like ma- massive behaviors, you know, physical aggression. And, um, it was really, really hard. And now I'm like, I feel like I have a, I feel kind of on borrowed time because there's only, you know, there's going to come a time where we're going to have to revisit the, um, the medication aspect again. And so, you know, and I know Brittany just recently, you're saying that you're going to have to be doing that. And you feel like you're kind of even having a little, you know, PTSD thinking about having to revisit that again, because you're going to have to reassess, you know, his, his, his medication and for Austin. Um, yeah, throw, throwing her back right back into right, and so it's where? that's and and that and that comes with a whole myriad and pool of like uncertainty and unpredictability. Right, mm-hmm. we just don't know what that's going to be, and that becomes that compounds our situation. It becomes harder. It becomes yeah. hard. You know, you know, you're about you. You can almost see. You know, you're going to go through a hard season. We just don't know how long how hard it's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, but we can know it. We know it's coming. Right. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've talked to a lot of even parents, you know, in Rory's special Olympics, like with their, with their older kids, with their adult kids um, on the spectrum and, and trying to find like, again, this, this trial and error of, of um, what is going to be the right fit for me- for medication. And you trade it's all there. They've, the other thing, not only just the, the unpredictability, is sometimes is the is the side effects. You, you're you're getting a trade off for you know you're getting okay. Well, it's it's um, aiding us in this one arena, but now we also then we have to we have this other thing that we're trying to counter as a result, you know, because of the side effect of of the medication, and it's like it's hard. 
That's all I can say. I, you know, I, I feel like that's why I, I say quite a bit on our uh, on our Instagram page, you know, to 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 really be in those in those highs, right? To really be in those moments of like mm-hmm. everything is going great. Be present, you know, because mm-hmm. you know it, the other shoe will drop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And and we will be into something. And that's not, again, it's not to be, you know, kind of like Debbie Downers. It's not to be like, oh, just this is just, you know, mm-hmm. a, a depressing episode. But but it is it is the reality. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, 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 we are having a great year. We are having a great year. Jack is doing, there has been so much growth this year. Um, in so many areas, you know, educationally, socially, emotionally. Um, but we are in a season right now and, Mm -hmm. and I am taking the brunt of it, you know, Mm -hmm. um, expressive language has become so good, so good that I Mm -hmm. am now, you know, (laughs) too good. Yeah. (laughs) That, uh, um, having a hard you know, time railing it in. Yeah, yes, yeah. And and that finding that's that hard. barometer. You know, that's hard. It's like it's like okay, although I'm great that he is able to now express his emotions and his frustrations or just anything, you know, any expressive language. Um but mm-hmm. with that comes heightened frustration and anger and and you know, especially when he cannot when something's not going his way or when he cannot figure something out. Um, and, and then, you know, like I said, we usually get the the brunt end of that. And, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, are, are there strides? And this year is, is again, great 100%, but is it also really, really hard? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And so I think- I think you've done a really good job with sharing that, Tosh, because I think kind of like Jean was talking with social media, it's this weird dance that we have to do on social media because we do respect our children and we will never post our children having a meltdown. We will never post our children in situations that we should not post them in, right? So we do like try to share the vulnerability of it without exploiting our kids because that's not why they're here. Like we, we want you guys to resonate and we want to be vulnerable with you and let you know that we're going through these hard things too, but obviously still in a respectful way to our children. So um, I think that, you know, with the stories that you've been sharing, I think you've been able to find a really good way to share the struggle that you're having right now with Jack without, you know, putting him in a position to where he would feel uncomfortable with what you're sharing. And we do, we try very hard to be vulnerable, but just understand out there, you know, there's certain things that we won't post um, mm-hmm. for our kids. So I do have a question for you guys. Mm. Do you wish that in the beginning, somebody maybe would have sat down to you and said, because like I talked about one side and Jean, you said you had somebody say, understand your child, the other talk, end. which yeah. is like mm-hmm. the total opposite end of that spectrum. Do you wish that someone in the beginning would have sat down with you and said something to the effect of, I need you to understand that this is forever. Mm -hmm. I need you to understand that while things are going to change and they're going to ebb and they're going to flow and there's going to be growth and there's going to be regression, you know, this is something that you are going to be dealing with forever. All of Mm -hmm. our kids are different. 
we can't say exactly, you know, we're Rory, we're Jack, we're Austin, we're Gracie, we're Ruby, where they will, you know, end up. But this is going to be something that is going to challenge you and that is going to be in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Because I sort yeah. of wish somebody had really sat down and had, in, in a loving way, you know, a conversation with me. Because right. it took me a while to get there. It took me years to get there. Um, right. I, I, I wish somebody did because, unfortunately, too, there was there was not tactful ways that people said things to me, which I'm fine with the statement now. But, like, mm-hmm. that it's when they started to realize that, quote, unquote, well, this is a moving target, yeah. you know? I, I just, I think, you know, obviously, each of our diagnosis um uh, evaluation situations were different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we were we were with a, a community, a group of doctors and specialists, and and I feel like, <laughs> you know, at a hospital, at a teaching hospital, um, I I feel like one extra portion of that could have been some sort of counselor. Um, mm-hmm. you know, whether you want to call it a, a grief counselor or just somebody in, in that arena of understanding, um, you know, children with higher, more exceptional needs and, and being able to, just like you said, Shannon, just kind of dis- display it like that, you know, um, uh, we, we luckily, and I've talked about our pediatrician before, he's incredible, you know, he has though gently, you know, I wouldn't say like total eggshells, but you know, with a lot of different things with us, he's, he has, um, he's always been very honest with us though, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and he's been, he always shows the other side of, you know, it, it could be like this. We could get into all of these therapies and, and, you know, um, but, you know, but there's Mm -hmm. always been a, a, but, and, and, and two, always followed up, you know, we are going to get through this together. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is <laughs> obviously Calvin Chen. You're the, you are the magical <laughs> unicorn out of the pediatricians. That is not common, right? I get mm-hmm. that. Um, but yeah, I, I do feel like there needs to be something, you know, with, with when this diagnosis comes, like you said, Shannon, somebody to kind of sit down with you and say, or why is that not a part of early intervention and your state support? Like, you know, they come out and they do the screenings for your kids to decide what, you know, what they qualify for, for state support. Like, why is there not a branch of like parent support where it's like, okay, mm-hmm. we've, we've gone through the screenings. We've gone through this. We know where your child falls when it comes to qualifying, which, you know, again, we can't really get into because state to state, it's very different. But why is there not, even if it's just one visit, kind of like what you were saying, Tosh, where they have a therapist come out to say, okay, we've just thrown a lot of stuff at you. Yeah. Well, even, yeah, well, even the nurses. So, so two things, two things. So that's one reason why Texas parent to parent or parent parent organization is so critical because, and that's, you know, part of the medical training program that I, that I participate in, um, for the organization. It's to give that. Okay. So if you don't have anyone in your office, that's going to be that person, Mm -hmm. then you need to hand them over to make sure that these parents and these families get peer to peer support. Right. Yes. So that is essential. But the, one thing I think that blew my mind 
was because that didn't happen. And I remember being very angry part about that. Very, very, um, very dis- discouraged mm-hmm. even was because I remember when I, and I didn't actually need to go to the fertility clinic, but we were just starting out possibly entertaining going through possibly, you know, examining whether or not we had fertility issues or not was right after I had the consultation with the um, doctor, the nurse practitioner took, took us in and had a meeting with us for like two hours to walk us through what to expect, what this journey is going to be like a very kind of like handholding kind of, you know, orientation to, this, this new thing that we may be, you know, walking through and going through and and what it will look like and what it could look like, you know, it wasn't necessarily this fixed model, but I was blown away that I was like, how come that exists for fertility, but my kid gets a diagnosis and, and that exists for, you know, people, I, I feel like cancer patients, you know, they have this experience now it's like, okay, you have this diagnosis and then you have all these subsequent meetings to basically have that experience, they talk you through what you're going to experience and, and, and the decision-making process for the, the treatments and uh, medications and, and all of these things that you, you're going to go through. Now, what I say, what I hear a lot is that once you step out of those treatments, that kind of experience falls off a cliff. And so you don't, all of a sudden you had that aid and that support, and then it's just completely gone from you. Well, with kids with, you know, autism or really any like medical, special, you know, medical diagnosis Mm -hmm. that all the parents, we all complain that we're not getting that experience. Like that's not happening, you know? And so for any medical, (laughs) medical folks that are paying attention to this thing, please, Please offer, you know, find, find a way to paint that avenue and that path for your, for your thing. And, and for, you know, all of our community out there, if you don't have that, ask for it, ask Mm -hmm. where you can get it. Because again, you have this, you, you have, you have us here, but we're just one slice Mm -hmm. of what you need for that type of support. You, you Mm -hmm. need you know, feet, foot on feet on the ground, you know, belly to belly, uh, kind of support and interaction. Like you have to, it's like, it goes back to that, uh, you know, Brittany captured it well by saying diversify your portfolio of like friends. You have to diversify your portfolio of what your, your support looks like as a parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and you're going to need that on the ongoing nature and it's going to change like what your you what your challenges were or are when they were like Brittany captured that well too it's like i remember that i remember again the sprinting i mean the constant eloping that Rory was doing and now we're not having that anymore but we have different kinds of hard that we're yeah. walking through and so there is this relief you feel like you kind of recovered maybe from one challenge, but you have these uh, whole other myriad of challenges that you're dealing with now that, that do make it harder. And so it's, and even with a kid, I, I think it goes to say for, you know, cause we have all subtype, different subtypes of autism here, whether level one, two or three, like you, even kids that would be quote unquote, not as profound or 
maybe higher performing. Um, mm-hmm. There are real big challenges with those guys too. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just. Um, mm. I'm going to ask Brittany, can I ask you something? Just tell me to go fly a kite if you don't want to talk about this. Cool, cool. Kick, right. um, kick rocks, kick rocks. Yes, yeah, so rock. kick rocks. Uh, you know, this is with Jean talking about, you know, how you've expressed that having a wide community of support and different, um, you know, people that have gone before you, you know, Austin is more profound yes, in his needs. Um, and, and, and you are now to a part in your journey, you know, moving here forward, um, through him, you know, 16 to turning 18 to, you know, um, young adults of having to make decisions possibly that, um, you know, are, are going to be very hard and, and, and change your life and, and Austin's life, uh, drastically. And, and so that kind of going back to that whole, you know, where, where is that, where is that support? Where are those doctors? Where are the people who are coming in to help you, you know? Um, yeah. Are you okay talking about that or? Uh, I will talk about it. Am I okay talking about it? <laughs> well, right. We can of always course. do an episode on it. We will, we for to. sure. Okay. I, I'll give a short answer now. And yeah. I, it is on our list. It's, mm-hmm. it's on our active list of things. We are going to be talking about this more in depth. Um, and you all get a front row seat. So mm-hmm. <laughs> lucky you. You're welcome for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, it is. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. I am terrified. Mm-hmm. I'm absolutely terrified uh, of what's coming over the next few years. Um, there is no one in my professional circle, meaning doctors, therapists, representatives, school, whatever, blah, 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 blah. No one is offering that kind of support to me right now. Right. No one is saying, okay, this is what's going to happen next here and here and here and here. Now, um, I, there, we are having an IEP next month. Um, that is going to be, uh, the beginning discussion of a transition to adulthood is, I believe what they call it. That's the technical term here. Um, it's, it's his annual IEP, but there is going to be a section of that where we are talking about, um, transition to adulthood. And that happens at 18 on his 18th birthday, which will be next year for us in 2024, late 2024. So, um, that doesn't necessarily mean very much is going to change for him, but there is a legal aspect to it that changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be different for everybody. It may be different for you legally or like, like service wise. So you have to do the research and I am trying to do that research. It is extremely emotional for me to, mm-hmm. to do that research. And I'm finding myself, uh, procrastinating it a little bit because I don't want to deal with it because it's hard. Um, and I think that's a natural response for me to have. Um, I'm going to do it though. I am going to do it. Um, but, uh, I am, there will be people at that IEP meeting who are going to explain things to me, but I'm also very wary of anyone in my school district granted they're, they're doing their jobs and I think they're doing a good job, but my, any school district or anyone who is providing an 
a service for your child, there is money. There's there's a there's a financial aspect to it. And right. so I just take any I'm taking it all with a grain of salt because I'm the one who cares about Austin the most mm-hmm. out of anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, these teachers and these educators and these therapists, they, they they care about my kid and they want to do a good job and they're good people. But I care more. And yeah. I'm going to be looking out for him more than anyone else. So I will take their advice. I will take their their opinions. I will take their suggestions. But just because they tell me I need to do something does not mean I need to just do it. Like yeah. I have to look at it and decide for myself. And 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 I, I guess there's just there's just a lot of pressure because Austin cannot make any of these decisions for himself. Right. Some of our kids are going to be able to make some decisions for themselves. Ruby's going to be an entirely different story. She's going to be able to have some autonomy and some um, some choices, and we're going to be able to talk with her and explain things to her as much as possible. And she's going to be able to have a voice. Austin has no voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I yeah. am I am it. I am Austin's voice, and it's mm-hmm. terrifying. It's terrifying to think that I have to be. <laughs> The one to make those, I mean, me, D- Doug and I, both of us, we're yeah. going to have to make those choices for him. And um, it's just a lot of pressure. Um, now, I do have those people in the education system who I'm going to be grilling and, and asking all the questions. But I'm also looking, I'm fine, I'm trying to find people myself that Community. I trust and that yeah. are, are parents who are have gone through this um process fairly recently. Um, And one of those people we've had on the podcast last year was Tammy. Um, She's my dear friend. I actually went out to lunch with her a couple um, weeks ago. And um, as I was leaving, she grabbed my face and she said, I want you to call me anytime. And that meant more to me than anything because I'm I'm going to put her on speed dial and I will be calling her very, very often. She's going to walk me through this. Just as Tammy had someone, another friend of ours who has a child a couple of years older than hers, walked her through that process. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be leaning heavily into that. And that's where we're talking about diversifying that pro- 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 portfolio, like Jean was saying, mm-hmm. is yes, use those resources, use those programs that we have, but then also find those personal connections if you can. Yeah. And Tammy's not in charge of Austin. She's human. There could be mistakes, whatever, but she's, you know, I'm going to take what she says and I, and I trust her. So find, Mm -hmm. find multiple trusted resources and use those to your advantage, I guess is, is Mm -hmm. what's kind of holding me together right now and uh, keep keeping me from completely losing it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Stay tuned though. And this is kind of the fight too, right? This is kind of you know, a, a portion of why we, why we do this and the advocacy that we want to do, because the, this needs to be something that is part of the package, right? right. Like, there's, there's actually very, there's very limited literature out there about right. this transition plan um, yes. to adulthood. And it is a huge, massive disparity in the medical and educational um, thing, system. Mm-hmm. And here in our district, we have the 18 plus program. Um, and that does, a gr- they, they really, and those educators that are part of that program do a great job at helping parents 
walk through what to expect and the things they need to plan for and have in place by assessing obviously where their kids fall, you know, in the range of their, you know, capabilities and what you're still working on developing. Um, but it's, it's not widely known, right? Mm -hmm. It's still, it's still only tending to, you know, a very small percentage and you kind of don't know that it's coming down the pipeline. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I saw it and I was starting to try to plan, you know, there's always that question of, um, when do you start to plan for the future for your kid? And I know we've addressed this on um, other episodes where Shannon, uh, you know, has, is, has it in her back pocket now with the, you know, generational suite um, that is, you know, part of her house so that if, you know, Gracie, wants to have autonomy by still, you know, being under the care of her and Jay, that is going to be, you know, a possibility. possibility. Mm And, and I, and not everyone, not everyone even has that position or privilege to maybe even plan for something like that in that capacity that early on, it was just sort of this alignment that sort of just happened for, for Shannon and Jay, um, you know, and, but I, I remember the advice that I had gotten, you know, when I went to my first parent to parent conference and there was a panel of parents and that question came up and they all had different responses. But the one response that really stuck out to me was she said, when do you, how do you plan for your ch- child for adulthood? And she said, right from day one, mm-hmm. she said from day one, she said, she's everything that she was working up to was to plan for him to be able to self-advocate for as much as possible. Now her child had a uh, a different medical diagnosis. It wasn't autism, but it still was really profound and it really, really resonated for me. And so I think, again, my answer or recommendation would be that it's because, because even look how guttural and emotional and confronting it is once you are up against it and having, having to face that decision of what is next for your child. It is, it is part of the mental load that we carry as the type of parents that we are, is that that's something we have, we have to plan for because it life does not look the same you plan life differently for your typically developing child versus your child with a disability, specifically cognitive disabilities. And, um, in our case, and so it is an additional weight and to kind of, it's part of that endurance. It's like you, you have to start, you have to have that seed back there somewhere of what's that going to look like. It doesn't mean that you're going to have all the answers. It's not saying that go make your plan right now. Just know that along the way, that's part of what you're doing. And that's part of even the advice, sage advice that um, Lisa, who we've had on the podcast, gives in terms of that, that, that educational plan, that IEP is and should be and be a part. Part of those goals are working for what their adult life is going to be like. Mm-hmm that those are very, it is, it is more than appropriate to have that be a part of 
their educational goals. It's not just about mastering whether or not they, uh, they can uh, draw a square or identify a triangle or yes. hold a, you know, pencil correctly or yeah. whatever it is like that's all BS. It's, it really is looking at the whole holistic mm-hmm. picture here mm-hmm. and you don't, you're not going to have it all mapped out. There's no way. Cause it's still, there's so much unpredictability with our kids. Um, but knowing that that is something that's just a gear that is turning as well along this process that because there is, there isn't the, the footprint for our kids is just totally different than with your typically developing kids. And we know too, because we also have typically developing kids. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, and sometimes those, like you're talking about the IEP goals and missing the mark and like, yes, while obviously we all want our kids to do, the best in school that they can. Like we want them to get the best education that they can. Um, this year, Jay and I added <laughs> Gracie being able to say, my name is Gracie Corza to her IEP mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. nobody had thought that that might be something that's important mm-hmm. is her recognizing what's your name and knowing to answer Gracie mm-hmm. Corza. Mm-hmm. Like what happens if she does get out and a police officer looks at her and you look at Gracie and you know, it's, she's autistic. Like there's no visual, you know, like a representation of it. And mm-hmm. you know, a police officer, you know, what's your name? Well, if she can't answer, you know, so making sure that those safety goals, that those just life lessons, functional skills, yep. functional yeah. skills, yep. you know, yeah are there. And ideally, would we love for her to know like my phone number and her address? Absolutely. But we're already getting like a big step ahead if she can tell whoever finds her, her name, you know? Um, So just thinking about those little things. And I have to say, like, I am in Brittany, I know you are too. We're very type one. So we've already talked about how um, like we get the diagnosis and we run and we have checklists and we've got boxes and we've got plans and all of that. But as I'm sitting here and we're having this whole discussion, you know, I had said, why isn't there a plan for parents? Why isn't there a checkup for a parent after the diagnosis? You know, when Mm -hmm. we're getting our state services, why is there not um, all of these follow-ups? Why is there not a team that reaches out to Brittany when Austin's 16 and says, Hey, we know you're transitioning. We know this is going to be really hard here's a team and we're going to work with it. Like work through this with you, whether we're just here for emotional support and like a shoulder to cry Mm -hmm. on. Maybe it's a group of moms who've already been through it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But like, why are those things missing when they're so important right now? And I think Mm -hmm. the closest that I've ever gotten, um, And I get that there has to be like a professional distance in some of these relationships, right? Um, I think the closest I've ever gotten is we've had one BCBA who adopted an autistic child. And Mm -hmm. she would sit down during our meetings and say, how are you? What's going on? Yes, we have this plan. How are you? Mm -hmm. Because she knew and she had been in that seat before herself. Um, And I think that that is so important. And 
I sit here and I think back to all the different parent trainings I've had, whether it be for like early intervention, speech therapy, OT, you know, ABA. Um, But not once have I ever had like a parent mental check-in. Not once have I had a parent training on coping. Not once have I been offered anything like that that may help me figure out how to navigate this, you know, a little bit better. And um, Gracie has worked with her one-on-one at school this year, and it's just been such a good match. And I pray that she stays for another year because you know how turnover is. Um, But come to find out, like, a quarter of the way into the school year, she has an adult autistic son. And I'm like, this is why you get her. (laughs) Like, this is why you have the patience and the energy and why you can understand and why she can celebrate in the victories with me is because she really understands it herself. Um, And I just think that if there were ways to implement just even those little touches throughout this journey, like what a difference it would make in the parents' lives. And the thing is, it's a, it's a ripple effect, right? So if we can affect the parents in a positive way, if we can make sure that the parents are feeling supported in a positive way, it is only going to affect the child positively. There's, Mm -hmm. you know, like, that is something that's going to ripple. And while that was one of the reasons we wanted to start the podcast, like we can only get so far, right? Like there's only, there's only so much we can do with the podcast. But I think, you know, Brittany, you're facing something that is terrifying and lonely and it shouldn't have to be lonely. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah. That's why I call you girls multiple times a day and talk to you. (laughs) And we are here, it's, but it, it's the bigger picture, though, Shannon. Yes. I I hear what you're saying because it's yeah. it is. Why are we continuing? You know, in in I guess like the the private healthcare sector in the sense of like why are we continuing to build, um, you know, nursing homes and 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 convalescent centers and and assisted living when um, we should be worried about the side of disability that comes far before, you know what I mean? The, the, the side of disability that's happening right now, currently with children, with young adults, with, you know, um, why are we not making that a government situation? Mm-hmm. Why are we not, why is it so hard to have that support? You know, mm-hmm. um, we all sit and think about the future for our parents and whether they're going to be in a, you know, nursing home or how we're going to afford that or whatever. And it's like, this is the right now. This is the here and now for so many people in this community. Mm-hmm. You know, why are we not doing better? And I don't mean us and I don't mean you out there. I'm saying as a, as a, yeah. as a society, why are yeah. we not doing better? Why is this not something that is being... No, that's a whole other episode. And it is. Right and it is. I, I, I have part. one statement. I have one statement to say Uh-oh. that why that is. Did I just open up... <laughs> Yes, no, it's you have two minutes. I know. I'm not. We we aren't. We will. We can have that we conversation. But it's <laughs> but it's because we are an ableist society. That's yeah. why. Yeah. That's why. And it's because there's the. It's 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 all about the traditional, you know, manifestation of and journey of life, and so they only see the typical lifespan and not the atypical lifespan, and. It was that we also only put we again. This is we're we're living in a you know an anomaly now. The life was never like this. Our kids with our disabled kids, they all would have been taken away from us. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. We we wouldn't even have our kids, Shut right? Down. Under a rug and yeah, they right. they would have been put away a, in a hospital. A hospital. They, mm-hmm. they would have been institutionalized. So so I guess that's my whole point with this gene is that is that um, yeah. we we need to do better. You know this Absolutely. is because this is the reality. 100%. It's not going to let's bring it all back to to what we started this for. It's mm-hmm. not going to get easier. Mm-hmm. It is not going to get easier for a lot of people. It's going to get much harder. And there's big decisions that are going to have to come. We need to do better. We need Absolutely. to be talking about this. We need to be. People right. need to understand the trajectory of of what their future could possibly look like, and we need to be better as not just a community of being within our community, within the spectrum community, but mm-hmm. as a, a whole, as a society mm-hmm. as a whole, mm-hmm. um, recognizing and taking this kind of stuff seriously, right? Yeah. So, absolutely, hundred percent. Mic here, drop. Here. That's it. Sorry. Mic okay, drop. I'm gonna. All right, we're gonna. Oh, we're gonna. I think that, yeah, she's snapping for you. Everybody's she's doing that. What's snap. that called, Brittany? Um, I don't know. Yeah, when you're in the when you're in the thingy and they're doing the... The poetry? Yes. Oh, oh, we well, we do that all the time with ledge, with legislative session and people doing testimony. You're just like... But do you know what I'm talking about? Like when they're like, yeah. somebody yeah. gets done and you like, snap, you don't clap, you like clap. snap. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes, I know what you mean. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Hot mess express, hot mess express. Yeah. Here we come. We're coming in hot, hot, hot. Somebody tell me what's not messy. Okay. <laughs> you I just like, that. I was going to give was a it. whole, I was going to give a whole spiel about like wrapping up the episode. And you no, know. that was it. We're hot mess Thank express. You. Tell me something that's not messy. Let's go. Oh wait, this that's is not messy? not messy. Right, this is your peak of the week, but we're calling it something new. So we're oh, a hot mess. But tell we me something coffee. that's yeah, not no, messy, not messy. messy. Something that's no. exciting and feels like it's going smooth. You know, well, I uh, I'll, I'll, tell, I'll answer that because this will okay. be good. Uh, I detail cleaned uh, three of my bathrooms, so that that's not, not messy. messy. Nice. I mean, it doesn't that sound it's like so it's almost like like when you're like in a hotel, you come back and they like, oh, you know, your toilets are all clean. It's 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 very it is that that feeling. It is very erotic. This is why being in it, being in it because, you know, it's not going to last. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you just be in it right now. You should just go Look, sit in your bathroom. For I I really I really uh I really uh may may have turned Brittany on with um the talk of the talk, talk of the toilet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> clean, clean uh, toilet talk. <laughs> okay, who's next? So good, so good. Uh, I need a minute. Someone else go. I only, <laughs> I only have messes. I don't know what is I'll go. Um, okay, okay, go Tash. Um, so, well, let's go back to Jack. Um, you know, although we are s- struggling with, you know, some some unkind behaviors to mom, we are doing. He, we I shouldn't say we. He he is doing. He he is doing awesome right now. You know, he. Um, multiple different situations we've been in, whether it been at church or um, just like a group setting, seeing him interact quite a bit more with, I don't want to say perfectly pragmatic conversation, but mm-hmm. um, more than he ever has, you know, being able to to engage without being prompted by Tyler and I. Um, and it's so good to see. It's so That's good amazing. to see that. Yeah. Even though, you know, I'm the Wicked Witch of the West most of the time. Um, I'm excited about that. That's the that. 
Uh, well, that's that's this is preteen. Can so, somebody uh, call me Maleficent? I'm okay being Maleficent. <gasps> oh, I love Maleficent. I mean, if too. you're gonna be love, witch. if you're gonna be evil and a witch, yeah. that's Ooh, that one. I I love especially the Angelina Jolie Maleficent. Oh, yes. I like. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Just call me Maleficent. <laughs> yes. Okay. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Brittany, do you know yours? I don't. Okay. Um. 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 Well, your bed is made, Brittany. Come on. Let's look at the small things, people. The bed yes, is made the part the little, that you can see. You oh. bought through Easter cookies. That's all that matters. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's all I'm, that matters. People, people were buying her out like just nobody's business. <laughs> it, it's it been a very busy uh, professional season with my my job, and it will continue to be so. And I'm, I'm making a lot of um, strides with my community and like reaching out and just being more involved in my community stuff as opposed to just like custom personal orders, which are fun too, but I'm loving doing the, um, being involved in my local area and partnering up with other biz small, mostly women owned businesses. And it just makes my heart very full. I love it down and we're collaborating on something and we're making a little something together and it just warms my heart. So yes. I've been doing a lot it's of that. A, it feels good. It just it feels, feels amazing. Good. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. I, I love like that. it. Um, mm-hmm. let me think. Um for me, um I went to the doctor and I figured out why I'm so freaking tired all the time. Self-care this, <laughs> man. So that's good news. Word. Um yeah. <laughs> The medicine isn't being absorbed properly. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Now we've got a plan. So that's good news. Um, And just your pools heated because I know all of the parents out here understand when my doctor asked how I was so exhausted and didn't realize it. And I answered, I thought it was just my life. Um, (laughs) I know everyone who listens to the podcast (laughs) can relate. To that. Um, and the other little thing is my sweet, adorable little first time home buyers that we got that killer deal on that new build. They close tomorrow. They get to sign on Yay! their house. And I got to do the final walkthrough with them last week and I got to play like a good hour of hide and seek with their four year old while we were doing the walkthrough. And mm-hmm. it was just so fun. Um, so, yeah, those are my not messy things. The rest is a mess, friends. The rest is a absolute mess. mess. Yeah. So, Hot yeah. mess. Toot so toot. Choo choo. All right, guys. Thank you for being here. Um, we hope it was not discouraging. We hope it was just a real loving discussion. We are here with you. We are going through what you are going through. We are in the trenches with you. We are on the mountaintops with you. Um, we love you and thank you for being here with us for this one. Um, that said, come find us on Instagram at moms talk autism. Also, if you would be so kind as to leave us a written Apple review, I don't care if you listen on Spotify friends, if you get on Apple and leave us a written (laughs) review, we will just be so, so appreciative. Um, and it's not so that we can go and read all of these wonderful things. It just it helps us reach other families. And episodes like this need to be heard and they need to be talked about. And yeah. a lot Let's of that is the world. Yeah. Ridiculous algorithm garbage that we shouldn't have to worry about. But we do. Um, and unfortunately, you know, written reviews on Apple are really the way around that. So we love your faces. Go find us. Follow us. Like us. Come talk to us. Email us. We love you so much. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.